Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all still? Go. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Damo, one of the hosts of the most dangerous wrestling podcast around the Outsider's Edge with my homies Jay Kells and Sam Blackwell. And you're listening to the My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network. Yeah. This is Rick Sincere, and you're listening to MTMV Sports, and this is your expert fantasy advice, and today we have Pete Lawrence. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It's always far too generous to say uh, expert fantasy advice. You know, when you, when you hear that, you're thinking Evan Silva and everybody else, so maybe you're just going to be disappointed that you get Pete Lawrence now. Nah, man, they, they don't know. They don't know <laughs> you've been here since the beginning, man. They don't know. I've been, so, been trying. been trying since the beginning. Cool. Yo, tell tell the people who you are so they get a, a good flavor of, of who we're listening to. Absolutely. So you can follow me over on Twitter. It's at underscore Pete Law. Uh, you know, and I write over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com uh, and Number Fire. I haven't really written anything as of uh, this past month. I did an article about Julio Jones that you can find over on Dynasty League Football. Uh, but mostly you can find a lot of my stuff. I'm, I have the Dynasty Yak podcast with my uh, – my uh, fellow host, uh, Levi, and, you know, you can follow us along. We'd definitely like you to subscribe and give us a listen, too, and see if you're enjoying that podcast. You know, focus a little bit of Dynasty and some Debbie focus for you, and, you know, we'll just try and keep it, uh, give you as much information, and hopefully we can help you all out. Awesome, man. Everybody who listens to this podcast is basically just trying to suck less at fantasy football, man. And so um, <laughs> any advice will be helpful, you know what I mean? And so always, uh, yeah, as we hop in, um, you know, we talk about, you know, experts, but at the same time, we we all kind of get sidetracked by some of the things that um, that happen week to week. Right. And I think it's one of the reasons why we play this game. Um, Who surprised you this week? Who kind of, you know, produced and you just didn't expect it. Right. And I know one name that that's probably going to roll out. That's probably going to come to the forefront. But um, let's hear who, who are some of the surprises for you this week? I, you know, for me, it's kind of three surprises um, that okay. were big kind of for me. Uh, you know, he had a great situation, but I didn't think Marlon Mack was going to play that much this week. Uh, you know, it sounds like he was missing some practice or he was limited. And then he comes out and he handles 25 carries. He had a great matchup. The Oakland Raiders' uh, run defense hasn't exactly been stellar this year. But I was, I was surprised at how much work he got after, you know, all week long. We heard about this injury, you know, they're kind of resting him. So I actually kind of shied away from Marlon Mack, and that bit me a little bit. Uh, one of the other guys that I want to talk about, Cam Newton really surprised me this week, going up against a really tough Baltimore secondary, uh, tough Baltimore defense. Uh, Cam, 21-29, only 219 passing yards total, but two passing touchdowns. And, of course, as Cam does, you know, he has in that rushing, his 10 carries, 52 rushing yards and a touch. He was, he was you know, kind of a, a – a league winner for you as usual. Um, and one other 
I was surprised with Russell Wilson. He had three passing touchdowns on only 17 passing attempts this week. Obviously, that's, you know, the, the, the touchdown rate isn't going to continue like that, throwing a touchdown nearly every six passes. Um, but he's looking great now that the Seahawks kind of have redeveloped the offensive line with their run game. Yeah, those are, those are three awesome names. Mac, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, those are, are big surprises. Um, I and I'm I'm glad because I thought you I thought you may go um, Fitzpatrick, which surprised everybody. Uh, you know what? I, I I think you can say Fitzpatrick surprised everyone, but you know that's nobody was. I don't unless you had accidentally left him still in your lineup for the past three weeks. Nobody's <laughs> starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was on the bench, and uh, we can say yeah. I mean, he was definitely surprised, but he only got work because Jameis Winston is not who we thought he was when they drafted him, you know, with the first overall pick a few years ago in Tampa. Yeah, that that's a big disappointment. It's a really huge disappointment to see um, Jameis Winston actually not pan out. I, I think the first thing was, like, mentally. Um, we didn't really see him kind of panning out on the field or, or being mature enough to, to handle being the full leader of that squad. Um, and then after that, just kind of watching his play deteriorate throughout the year right now is a little disappointing. Um, talking about disappointments, what other fan, what were some of your fantasy disappointments this week? Well, let's uh, we'll, we'll talk. Hey, we, we said Jameis Winston. He had a great matchup. This was one of the weeks, you know, he should have run up points for you. And instead he has three, you know, not three, he had four interceptions. He gets benched. And then, you know, Fitzpatrick comes in and beats a lot of other players, you know, with a, with a quarter and a little bit of change of actual game time, he scored more points than quite a few other quarterbacks this week. And, you know, just like you said, Jameis hasn't taken that next step that everybody would have expected to, uh, you know, in year four now. Uh, I'm also a little bit disappointed with Michael Thomas. He also had a matchup, you know, kind of where I'm thinking he's going he's gonna to shine this week. But ever since Mark Ingram's returned, it's been – he hasn't topped 100 receiving yards since week three. Uh, you know, right along with that is Drew Brees. Probably if you started him as your quarterback, you were uh, looking at some, you know, maybe some kicker-type points. He's only 18 to 23, 120 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, and the, the Saints are showing you kind of what they did last year. They're not focused solely on the passing game when you have Kamar and Ingram both in the game. But one of the guys who, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some air quotes around this with disappointment, uh, Saquon Barkley. This was his second lowest point total on the season. The Giants' offense is a mess. Their offensive line is terrible. You know, what, what he's accomplished to this point has been phenomenal. But this also might be a little bit about the Redskins' run defense where over the past three games, you know, against the Giants. So Saquon had uh, 13 carries. The Giants, on total, had 14 carries and only 37 rushing yards. The previous game against the Cowboys, the Redskins limited the Cowboys, Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, 15 total carries, 33 rushing yards. And the prior game before that, the Redskins went up against the Panthers and held the Panthers in check to eight carries for 20 rushing yards for the running backs. So the the Redskins' defense is, I mean, they're, they're pretty legit. I think um, I think they even got better based on this. I think they just acquired um, – who did they just acquire? I know they already got, had, Yeah, they just I got, got Ha-Ha ha, 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
And that, that, wow. that's, I can't believe you get a, you get a stellar, I always thought Ha Ha Clinton Dix, uh, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan and the Seahawks and the Packers have had some pretty stellar matchups. And I've always thought Ha Ha Clinton Dix was a very underrated safety. And you just got him for, I, I believe a fourth round pick. Mm. That's, that's a great trade. That's, that's, that's highway robbery right there for the, for the Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Redskins are getting better. Um, they they they're probably one of those surprising teams to me. I didn't really expect the um, level of efficiency I'm seeing from their defense. I didn't expect them to be this good throughout the season, but they you know they've they've held up. And Adrian Peterson, oh my gosh, like the Wolverine. What is uh, who would have yeah expected? yeah. <laughs> this guy comes in, no preseason, very little work, and uh, yeah, he's he's been you know not quite the Adrian Peterson of old, but he's been a pretty solid running back. He's oh, been really good at solid. Yeah. yeah, I passed him up in every single draft. I mean, every single <laughs> draft he was there in, like, the last round, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Well, and well you, 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 know, yeah, you can't fault yourself for that. you you got to look at process, you know, the process, everything within the process. You hear this in fantasy, process over results. Everything mm. in the process said Adrian Peterson, I mean, he looked washed on the Cardinals. And maybe that's more of the Cardinals' run, you know, game looking pretty bad as we see with David Johnson. Hey, and and he comes out here, he's no preseason, no work, and uh, he turns it on. He's looking good. Shocking, incredibly shocking. But I, I did love, I do love seeing him be successful. It, it gives, it makes my heart glad for him. You know what I mean? Um, especially <laughs> yeah, no, being I'm over thirty makes me feel like I'm like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not <laughs> over for me yet. So, <laughs> you know, anytime you're going to get that call up. You never, you never know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, look, uh, we go at we, – we look for good matchups. From week to week, we look for good matchups. We look for guys who we can say, hey, this is one of those guaranteed guys. He'll be one of the guys who will come through for us. Based on this matchup, we expect him to light it up. Who's some of those guys for you this week? So, one of the games that, you know, you're, you should be starting all your players in, Saints versus Rams. Right now, the over/under is right around 60 points. Um, I, I, I say you start every one of your Rams. Um, I, for me, when a player comes off an of injury, so say Cooper Cup comes back this week, usually with me, I want to. I'm going to sit a player for a week unless I absolutely have to play him, you know, due to buys or whatever it is. Um, I just don't like to, you know, put a player in coming fresh off an of injury. Something again happens. Boom, you lose him. Um, so I'll, I'll probably stay away from Cooper Cup, but hey, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Goff, and of course, you know, midway point MVP Todd Gurley, you're playing them all. And then on the Saints side, I'm thinking this is, you know, I just kind of downplayed Michael Thomas in the way he's looked since Mike, Mark Ingram's returned. I think this is more of a Mike, Michael Thomas, and you know, maybe some of that passing game comes back into play. The Saints are going to have to score. Uh, this favors Kamara more than Ingram. Yeah, you know, those those are two guys that I say you definitely want to make sure you got rolling. You know, over on the other side, when we look at the AFC, I'm saying you know all of your Chiefs and probably I'm even might start the Chiefs defense in spots. The Browns just cleared house. Uh, you know, now they got to you got Greg Williams is taking over, and you you got to face Patrick Mahomes in that just fine Kansas City offense. Uh, every one of my Chiefs. And I don't think I'm going to play many of the Browns. I might play Nick Chubb just because 
you know, you're a Georgia guy. He's one of my favorite running backs coming out of that coming out of the draft. You know, Georgia running back you. Uh, you know, I might get him in the game. Uh, you know, a guaranteed producer, Cam Newton, going up against that Tampa Bay uh, defense. Get him in your lineup. I don't think you'd have him out of there. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking DJ Moore. He's going to get some work as well. Uh, it seems like they're starting to kind of get him more into the offense, getting more acclimated. You know, as a rookie, it's starting to pick up a little bit. And one guy I want to say is uh, George Kittle. The Raiders just gave up three touchdowns to three different tight ends last week against the Colts. And George Kittle is better than all of them. So I would make sure that George Kittle is in your lineups if you got him. There you go. Man, I absolutely love Kittle. Like, Kittle's – I mean, I wish I wish I pulled the trigger on, on Kittle somewhere in the draft. I just didn't know. I mean, I was warned, but I didn't. I, I didn't trust it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was warned. Um, DJ Moore, I think the process for him coming alive took a little long for me, um, and I didn't I didn't work through the process, right? And now it's, that, it's paying off. And so for all the people who have DJ Moore or um, if he's still available, then he is a, he's a great pull. I, I love that. Um, I do have a question, though. Michael Thomas, right? Are you slightly fearful of him in a matchup against uh, Marcus Peters? You know, Marcus Peters, um, he's not been playing like that Marcus Peters of Kansas City. He's looked pretty vulnerable. I've seen him get turned around on quite a few passes. Uh, when he was up, when, he, when the uh, Rams came up here to Seattle, he looked, uh, you know, he didn't look as the, the, the dominant Marcus Peters that we had kind of become used to. I'm not worried about it. They're gonna they gotta throw it to score anyways in this game. I, I think the points are gonna have to be coming coming up plenty unless the uh, Saints game plan is maybe just to kind of grind out the clock and keep it low scoring. I'm scared for them, especially um, and I'm a big Saints guy. Like the Saints are my team. I love them so much. Um, as I'm as I'm looking at um, that defensive line getting better now with Dante Fowler. I don't know mm-hmm. how that matchup's going to kind of play out, right? Hopefully he's not acclimated yet. Maybe he doesn't make it in play on, in that particular game. Um, but it looks like tough sledding, and I don't know if that tough sledding is going to be for um, if it's going to be for Mark Ingram or if it's going to be for for Drew Brees against that that pass defense. But I think you're right. I think uh, Marcus Peters isn't the Marcus Peters of old. Yeah, and, and who knows why. Um I wouldn't be too worried about Fowler coming over this week. Uh, you know, I think when we we hear the name Fowler, we think, oh, man, yeah, he was, a, you know, the third overall pick in the draft. But his stats aren't that impressive. Um, I think he's only got one sack on the season and about nine hurries. And, and I want to say it's um, I want to say it's just about the same stats that uh, Seahawks defensive end Deion Jordan has. And Deion Jordan's played quite a few less snaps. So don't don't be worrying too much about uh, Fowler. Do continue to worry about uh, Aaron Donald and and Sue up the middle, though. <laughs> okay, I'll keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who has bad matchups this weekend, and and you think they won't actually do well based on their matchups? Yeah, you know, one of the first ones that I kind of look at is uh, it looks like it's going to be a low scoring game. Uh, the Bears versus the Bills. The Bills' defense actually, you know, showed up pretty well against New England just here the other day. Um, and I think uh, Trubisky might have a little impact. So he's he's actually, you know, he's been playing as one of the top QBs in fantasy. Um, I'm still probably going to roll with him in most in a lot of my lineups. Um, 
But that's that's a tough matchup. The Bills' defense has actually been pretty tough. Although I want to say it's going to be a Nathan Peterman game. So if you got that Bears defense for fantasy, that's a, that's an auto start right there. Uh, when I look also, you know, we talked about the Redskins and their run defense. Uh, you know, kind of shying away from some of the Falcons' running backs, whether it's Ito Smith or Tevin Coleman. When we look out uh, for the Monday night game. I don't know if you can really trust any of the Tennessee Titans again at this point, but I'm I'm kind of shying away from any of them. The Cowboys' defense has been really good, um, and Byron Jones, their corner, has actually been one of Pro Football Focus's top-ranked defensive backs since he's made that switch to uh, to corner from safety. Uh, a little worried maybe about the Steelers going up against the Ravens. Over/under set around 48 points, but the Ravens' D just got exposed by the Panthers. So maybe I shouldn't worry about that. You know, you've got Big Ben, you've got AB, you got the new uh, wonder in, in James Conner, and he's been playing phenomenal. The Ravens' defense. I'm, I'm wondering, are they are they not built to play against teams in the NFC South? Because it seems like they've been giving up a ton of points to those teams. Or is it you know were they just playing above their level? Like, did we overreact to the way they played in Tennessee? Was that just a really good game? Or are, are, are they legit? Are they for real? And is there something that we should be thinking about when matchups are brought up? Yeah, and that's a great question. And they, they might be, you know, over kind of playing themselves. Uh, their front seven is really strong. When I watched, so, you know, I was, I've been a big Marcus Mariota fan. I don't know what the story is there. I can't give you a good answer on what Marcus Mariota is going to be. But um, I, I forget who said it on Twitter, but, if Marcus Mariota was in Tampa Bay, he'd be getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point, or if Ryan Fitzpatrick mm. was over on the Titans, he'd be taking over for Mariota. Uh, he's not been impressive. He's not, you know, really making that step that we'd like to see him do. But when I watched uh, that Ravens-Titans game, um, with, you know, you're talking about the 12, 11 or 12 sacks, it didn't seem so much that it was on Mariota. You know, his offensive line was not doing him much justice. And then, hey, like we said, the Ravens D just got exposed. Maybe they were they've been playing, you know, above their level. They've getting exposed here a few times by some better teams. And hey, it's the Steelers offense. I wouldn't be benching any of those guys anyways. I don't think you have many better options than A B or Juju or James Conner at this point. Absolutely true. Um so you gave us a ton of sleepers already. Um I wonder if there's any of those DFS sleepers that that you're thinking about, maybe there's somebody who, you know, that should cost you not that much maybe this week, uh, and you can put them in and you'll absolutely, you know, bank on that. So who are, who are some sleepers that you think are, um, are good plays this week? Yeah, absolutely. So Aaron Jones, uh, when we're looking at running back, it's, it's, he showed definitively that he is the better running back over Jamal Williams. The Ty Montgomery experiment is over. He went to Baltimore for a, a 2020 seventh-round pick, so basically the Ravens just got mm. Montgomery for free. Mm. So when we talked about Aaron Jones, and the big thing is you've heard, um, you, you, you've heard it as far as his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, has petitioned, hey, Aaron Jones is, you know, the better talent. When he's on the field, he does things that Jamal Williams can't. And it's time for Mike McCarthy to put away this pass-blocking thing. Pro Football Focus has already graded out that Aaron Jones is the better block, run blocker, or not run blocker, better pass blocker than Jamal Williams. 
Make Aaron Jones your bell cow back. Give him carries. Let him roll. You're going to be a better team. I know, and that's there's a there's a name. He's cheaper as far as you know your DraftKings or whatever. Unfortunately, I'm up up in Washington State. I don't get to do the DFS thing. But any of my lineups where I've drafted Jones, he's going out this week. Let's go over to some wide receivers here for the cheap. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of Cortland Sutton in lineups. The Texans' defensive backs are really banged up, and Denver's going to have to pass to keep up with uh, the Houston offense. And, hey, there's a reason why Demarius Thomas was just traded. Cortland Sutton is – they've talked about him constantly out there in Denver. They want to get this guy more looks. He is a he was a highly regarded rookie, slipped a little bit in the draft. Make sure, you know, hey, if you've got dynasty leagues, I'm sure he's probably already snapped up, but maybe if somebody foolishly dropped him, hey, spend whatever fab you've got on him, lock him up, you know, your waiver priority, use it. Uh, you know, on the other side of that, it sounds like we're going to have a healthy uh, Kiki Cootie in Houston. Uh, we've lost Will Fuller, unfortunately, with the ACL injury. Now they've brought in Demarius Thomas, and, you know, he's not the Demarius Thomas of a few years back with Peyton Manning rolling up double-digit touchdowns. But he's still, you know, he's still, hey, you got to respect Demarius Thomas. He's still a talented wide receiver. And what that's going to help is you can't just roll all of your coverage over to DeAndre Hopkins. Now you got to play him honestly. So I figure what's going to happen is you're probably going to see a little bit of uh, – I'm just forgetting the name. Uh, Denver's defensive back, Corey Harris, he's probably going to be the one that's going to line up in the slot against Kiki, and that's if they don't decide to put him out and try and shut down uh, Hopkins. So I'm thinking Kiki's going to have a good game, focus kind of you know on Hopkins, a little bit of that on you know new wide receiver Demarius Thomas, should open things up for Kiki, healthy hamstring and all. And one more name, really uh, low-key guy, but Kendrick Bourne with uh, the 49ers. He had 10 targets last week. He's kind of been coming on. But be a little bit worried. Uh, I don't know the full story if uh, C.J. Bethard is going to be a full goal, go or not. But I think uh, Kendrick Bourne can be just a, a nice kind of plug-and-play, save you some of that ca- uh, cap space. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, you mentioned some of those big trades that happened. Um, you mentioned Demarius Thomas um, going to the Texans. How do you think that affects um, his value uh, as far as is he somebody who you would possibly trade right now um, to another, you know, owner? Or is he somebody, if somebody dropped him, you going to pick him up because he's going to a more explosive offense? How do you think his trade to the Texans affects him? Well, I'm not going to trade for Demarius Thomas. Um, he didn't look like much here these last few years in Denver. You know, he had a couple good games sprinkled in. And and I'll be honest, uh, when I was still writing articles over at Player Profiler, uh, phenomenal website, I always absolutely recommend it. Great tools for your fantasy leagues. You know, Demarius Thomas was a guy I was saying, hey, he could he could jump back into the, you know, as a wide receiver one. Unfortunately, hey, maybe it's, it's it was because of quarterback play, whatever it was. Um, but he hasn't looked like a, like that big-time talent that we had kind of associate with Demarius Thomas. Um, maybe we're trying to hold on a little bit too long to that memory of him with Peyton Manning. But mm. I, don't see him, I don't see him going over. It's week, week nine, you know, your fantasy playoffs. Are you really going to be able to uh, plug in Demarius Thomas over the next few weeks? You know, this isn't – we're, we're not talking Madden. 
you've got to learn a new place that you know a whole new playbook, a new system. Get you know used to playing with Deshaun Watson. It's not just a simple hey we plug him in here and now he gets X targets and works out this manner. Um, no, but hey, if he's out there in your free agency, yeah, you know go scoop him up. I think right now, I would I would shop him. See if you know if that kind of improved what you can get. You know, send out some feelers. Hey, Demarius Thomas, he's on the Texans now. You know, what do you guys want for, you know, what are you willing to send my way for Thomas? Love it. How do you feel about Amari Cooper going to the Cowboys? How does that, um, does that improve his value? Um, does that boost up the value of somebody else on the Raiders? Apparently, I don't, I didn't see any big boost this week. Um, but if, is there any type of boost coming for the Raiders? Is somebody on the Cowboys going to be more boosted because of the presence of Cooper? How does his um, trade actually affect us? You know, if we're looking at Cooper on the on the uh, Cowboys, um, yeah, I, I don't know who that's going to really benefit. Maybe it's going to help uh, Dak. You know, hey, now he's got this big-time guy. Um, Michael Gallup was kind of starting to look good. There's there's some talent out there in Dallas, but it comes back to the quarterback position. What quarterback is Dak Prescott really? Is he that rookie year quarterback who, you know, set all these records, or is he more the guy that we've seen the past you know year and a half where it's been unimpressive? Um, over on the Raiders side, maybe it's going to balance out for Jordy Nelson. Maybe we'll see some. Uh, we had, I think it was Seth Roberts had a nice touchdown the other week. I think Jared Cook is still too streaky um, for my taste. But, hey, I mean, you're, you're playing with a David Carr offense going up against the 49ers on Thursday night. And, hey, the Thursday night games have actually been better than the Monday night games for the most part so far this year. Yeah, they've been intriguing. They've been very intriguing. And, actually, I think they, they meant to work on those. Because last year was, uh, yeah. I don't know tough but this this has been a lot better um one of the my favorite trades right um and when i say favorite trades i mean if i were basically playing madden or if i were an actual fan of this team i would have went nuts about this with golden tate to the eagles um elshon jeffrey has been good for them um nelson Aguilar kind of took a back seat a little bit based on what he you know had been doing at least what he did last year I haven't really seen it from him as much, right? But Golden Tate has still been a very good receiver, and he's somebody who runs with the ball after he catches it very well. In that Eagles offense, I'm so excited about him. Are, are you equally as excited about what he's going to do there, or um, are, are you not as excited about Golden Tate to the Eagles? I, I'm more excited about Golden Tate to the Eagles than I am about Demarius Thomas to the Texans. Again, you know, we have to realize, hey, it's going to take a little bit of time for Tate to kind of get himself acclimated, being part of the Eagle system. But like you said, he is great yards after the catch. And that's something that Nelson Aguilar kind of didn't seem to have a lot of. We saw him get all these targets, all these receptions. But, you know, I forget what game it was. I think he had, uh, gosh, you know, eight eight receptions or something and, and barely broke 60 yards or you know, unfortunately, he just didn't seem to be turning all those opportunities into much. Alshon Jeffrey, he's still going to be the number one there, but now you're adding in Tate, his ability to uh, get those yards after the catch. And, hey, he's got the bye week this week to really work 
with Wentz, work with that offense, learn it, and hit the ground running. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's somebody who I'm definitely excited about. Um, how does that how does that help Galladay? Oh, that that's what I'm very excited about. This if, when we look at this, um, obviously Detroit kind of came to a, a and this isn't so just what but the previous week Detroit goes and makes a trade. They get snacks, Harrison, run-stopping defensive tackle. So that's a move where your team's trying to win now. Now, it seems kind of odd. They just lost against my Seahawks to trade Golden Tate. What that tells me is they realize that Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are their two top talents. They're, and it seems like a strange trade, right, because Golden Tate is a free agent at the end of the year. Likely he's going to, you know, probably would have moved on. Do they really want to pay three wide receivers? So they probably would have got a compensatory pick, but they're taking that third now. And, you know, I figure that means this, this has to be a sign that that coaching staff finally smartens up. They're not smart enough to give on Johnson the ball the most, you know. They still want to give LeGarrette Blunt carries for some reason. But this is a coaching <laughs> staff that sees Kenny Galladay is this talent, and we need to showcase him. We need to make him a focal point of our offense. And that's what I'm seeing with the Golden Tate tra- uh, trade as far as on the Detroit Lions side of it. Awesome. All right, so we're going to hop into one of our new popular segments. I say popular because I really like it. But <laughs> it's um, one of the new segments called Trust Fall, right? And so we're, we're basically right, right. going to bring up a player and a scenario, um, and you tell me if you trust that player or not for this week. Okay. Ready? Let's go. All right, here we go. First one, Brock Osweiler versus the New York Jets. Um, they are injured, um, but they still rank as a pretty, you know, difficult defense to throw the ball against, and it's Brock Osweiler. Do you trust him or do you not trust him going against <laughs> that New York Jets defense? Uh, it, it, you, said, you said the name, Brock Osweiler. I'm, I, I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> when we look at the Dolphins, Dolphins Jets game over unders around forty four uh, points. Uh, it's going down to Miami. Brock Osweiler. I mean, you watch the Texans game. Here's a chance for him to be throwing. He's he. Uh, there's times where he just he he's got a big time arm, but he does his mechanics as far as his footwork and everything. And you can see it. He just he throws too much with his arm instead of getting his feet set properly, getting his lower body mechanics right. And he sails the ball a lot on his wide receivers, you know, leads to interceptions. I, I, I'm out on Brock Osweiler. The team realized Kenny, Kenyon Drake has actually looked really good. Um, and Kenyon Drake had a passing touchdown last week, and uh, Brock Osweiler didn't, I believe. So, hey, I, I'm out on Brock Osweiler. So no trust there, right? No trust. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, next one, San Francisco's defense versus – Oakland and Derek Carr. Derek Carr was surprising last week, surprising production. I mean, I thought losing Cooper would actually, you know, hurt his productivity, but he actually came out firing. And so I wonder, does that San Francisco defense um, have a shot against, you know, to, you know, do well this week against Derek Carr? I'll tell you what, this is, I'm going to go and I'm going to say trust the 49ers defense. That home, um, Richard Sherman, Hey, he's looking like the superstar he used to be. He's really recovered from the uh, the Achilles injury. He doesn't have the stats where you'd realize it, but he, it's because he's shutting people down. 
And he's shutting guys down without Earl Thomas over the top. Um, you know, it, it, hey, it's the battle of the Bay. The Raiders are going out to Levi Stadium. Well, it's not really the battle of the Bay because the 49ers are way out in Santa Clara. So, hey, it's uh, the battle of the teams that both have, you know, in that area. How about that? Um, Raiders got to go to the 49ers. It's a short week. Um, I'm going to go with the 49ers D on that, and I'm going to trust them against uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders offense. Awesome. All right, we have Julian Edelman going against um, Green Bay. Now, they have very young and talented corners. Kevin King has been great. Jerry Alexander, um, Tremont Williams, um, even Josh Jackson. So they have, like, a lot of really good cornerbacks. And I know that he's been abusing people in the slot for years. But one of those young cornerbacks, maybe Jerry Alexander, who had a phenomenal week last week, maybe he's matched up with Julian Edelman. And the question is, do you trust Julian or do you not trust him this week? All right. So it's the New England Patriots uh, going up against the Packers. This is in New England. Over-under is 56 points. I'm thinking that this is, a, this is a week where we should say we trust Julian Edelman, but you said it. Those young Packers uh, secondary players are very talented. Jair Alexander looked great going up against uh, the Rams with Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. He was making plays. Kevin King, former University of Washington Husky standout, he's looked great. Uh, I'm a little I'm, – I'm interested to see what happens now that HaHa Clinton-Dix is no longer in that secondary, but I believe this team made that trade for a reason. They, you know, this is, a, this is a competitive team, so they have to have an idea on who they have back there to play safety and what there is. But I'm going to not – I'm trusting Edelman. I haven't seen that huge game yet, and uh, it seems like the Patriots really want to make Josh Gordon a thing. They're talking glowingly about him. We had this report that Josh, uh, you know, had mispracticed – not mispracticed, he'd shown up late. Um, and we've seen, we've seen the Patriots cam guys for a lot less than that. So – I don't know how much we want to take that seriously, but if we take it seriously, that shows that they, they believe in Gordon and they want to keep him around if that has occurred. So are we saying trust and no trust for um, for Julian Edelman? I'm saying no trust for Julian Edelman. I'm believing the All Packers right. secondary. Okay. Um, two more. Here we go. Um, let me see. You want to dig into that Saints-Rams situation or you want to go – All right. Um, Let's go see Saints Rams. Let's talk about your Saints team. Rams. All right, cool. Um, Elvin Kamara, right? Um, so the question is, is he matchup proof? And is this a matchup that he should, you know, we should trust him in? Oh, Alvin Kamara, you, uh, you have my blessing right now, is matchup proof. You, you <laughs> don't, do not take Alvin Kamara out of your lineups. He, he's a talented player. If he's not getting work in the run game, he's going to attack the Saints. The Saints linebackers, they can be had. Um, the Seahawks rolled up some good points on the Rams. We've seen other running backs have success against the Rams. This Rams defense isn't 100% shut down. I, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, Kamara, I, I'm saying two touchdowns. How about that? Mm, that's a big trust. Yeah, but it, absolutely trust. He's an RB1 on the week. Wow, okay. Cool, cool, cool. I can go with that. Um all right, last one. Um, I have I have, uh, I have two for y'all. I'll select between these two. Okay, here we go. We've been able to trust this guy um, surprisingly since he, um, he, he's he been with this team. But he's going against Houston this week. 
Patrick Lindsay, is he somebody I can trust going against Houston or not trust him? And I'll give you a scenario. Let's just say we're in a PPR. Okay. All right, so we're looking at PPR. Um, what was the player again? I, I kind of I lost you for a second. Patrick Lindsay, and so running back for um, the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Gosh, you know, Patrick Lindsay, I mean, completely undersized. And when we think of an undersized satellite-type back build, we think of him, you know, and his work in the passing game or this and that, but he's their, he's their main lead back. Um, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what to do with Philip Lindsay, but he's, he's produced every, every week he's played. The only thing I would be worried about is you just said it, it's a PPR. Well, if the Texans get up on the Broncos, is he going to get enough work in that game to be a, to be a viable start? And I'm going to say I don't trust Philip Lindsay enough where I'm going to start him in this game against the Texans. Ooh, so that's a don't trust. Okay. Yeah, and that's in that PPR in that PPR format. I'm a little bit worried. You know, I you know I'm sure hey. Philip Lindsay was probably, you know, a player you got up off uh, the waiver wire, you know, week one, or you drafted super late. I, I feel pretty confident that you likely have a better uh, route you could go. I just, I'm just a little worried against that Texans offense. You know, they get up hot. You know, they get going. Philip Lindsay can't really produce in that PPR type format, and they're going. You know, it seems like their favor for some reason the Broncos won't let Devontae Booker go. They keep forcing him out on that field, and uh, you know maybe Royce Freeman same getting getting those pass looks. Mm, okay, I can go with that. Man, this has been awesome, yo. If somebody can't listen to this podcast and really like reshape the way they address this week, I, I don't know what to do for them anymore. Um, this has been <laughs> phenomenal. Thank you so much. Once again, please tell us where we can find you, how we can find you on social media, how we can follow you, um, and, and get in direct contact with you. Absolutely. So you can find my podcast wherever you know you're listening to it. It's the Dynasty Yak. Um, over the summer, I was doing my own podcast. It's Pumping Gridiron. I need to get back onto it. It's much more of a running back focused. Uh, I was looking at quite a few of the uh, rookies, but you can really read over and find my work over at NumberFireDynastyLeagueFootball.com. Hey, I'm always, you know, you can always feel free to hit me up on Twitter. That's at underscore Pete Law. Hey, reach out to me. Shoot me a message whenever. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you have, go over things. And, uh, you know, I just love interacting. Anytime talking fantasy football is a good time. All right, guys. This has been Rick Sincere and Expert Fantasy Advice with our guy, Pete Lawrence, today. Thank you so much for listening. Look, if you enjoyed what you heard today, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, right? When you go to Apple Podcasts, I need you to leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. Um, and if you want to go four, that's cool, but I really like the five. So if you leave us a five-star review, that would be super cool, um, right? And then leave a comment and some type of review um, that lets us know that you're listening and that you're enjoying what you're hearing. Um, if you have any tips for us, any tools for us, feel free to um, leave those as well. We will listen to all types of critiques. We just want to know that we're serving you um, in a way that can help you and, and give you the ability to suck less at fantasy football. All right, y'all, this has been Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports signing out. God bless. Hey, everybody. It's your boy, Damo. For all of you who listen to The Outsider's Edge and you own an Android device, do me a favor. 
Go over to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app now. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android devices. You can search for the podcast you want to listen to, select them as your favorites, and have them just a click away. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic, and it's available now for your Android device. Go get it.